In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be insurance. Testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit going on in the news. Brought to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about even more corruption in the Justice Department, police resignations in Rochester, and Trump being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> oh boy. Hi, Caitlin. Hey, Elise. It's been we, a moment since we've like, I know. been here. I know. We've had a lot of pre-recorded episodes. You were on vacation. Yes. It was my it's, birthday. I want to say thank you to Betches for sending me cupcakes. They were delicious. That is and beautiful. It was just so touching. I was like, <laughs> out of nowhere, too. I like got a call, and someone was like, I'm outside your apartment, um, but there doesn't seem to be like an, an Amanda here. And I was like, what? what? And then it was like, whoa, cupcakes from Betches. Thank you, guys. That is a gorgeous surprise. That's an amazing vacation. That was the best best part of my vacation, just random cupcakes for my birthday. That was uh, awesome. <laughs> that Was it like a staycation vacation or were you? It was a very staycation. So we, That's it was beautiful. Like, there's lots of lounging, all of that. The New York uh, Botanical Garden is open for free on Wednesdays, which just so happened to be the same day of the week as my birthday. So uh, I, I went up there with my, my significant other and we just wandered 250 acres of beautiful landscapes for that's, a few that's hours. Stunning. That's stunning. That's a perfect amazing. birthday. Free. <laughs> for well, the, I, for free. I didn't realize that it's free on Wednesdays, so I guess, I mean, today is Wednesday, but next Wednesday, I guess I know yes. where I'll be. Yes. All right. Should we get into the news? Oh, wow. No, the horrible cataclysm that surrounds <laughs> us every day as we hurtle towards the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yes, I suppose we could break down what's going on with that. <laughs> All right. In Rochester over the weekend, police officials resigned after protests over the killing of Daniel Prude. In March, Daniel Prude was taken into custody during a mental health crisis. Uh, actually, Prude's brother had called the police requesting help because he was in sort of like an agitated state. Uh, Prude was initially admitted to the hospital via an ambulance that his brother called, but was almost immediately discharged. And upon returning to his brother's house, it became apparent that he needed help. This is why the brother called the police. However, Prude ran from his brother's house and was found near train tracks. This is after his brother had called the police looking for him. Prude's death in, as a result of 
being in police custody, was ruled a homicide because of complications due to asphyxia in a setting of physical restraint. Basically, the police put this thing called a spit hood over his head because apparently that's a thing now so that the police can be protected from people who have COVID, but it's also like, they should just wear a mask. Uh, In an NPR interview with Daniel Prude's brother, Joe, he said that he had called the police department to get his brother help, not to come help his brother die. Um, So this actually didn't get much attention until recently when footage was released of the police body cameras by Prude's family and attorney. This is a pretty common story, I think, that we see often which is that these families and their attorneys have to fight to actually get the police footage. And then when it comes out, it's horrifying and is the basis for massive protests. So three officials in the Rochester police department have now retired and two were demoted. This included the the chief of police stepped down and basically like the entire command team of the Rochester police department stepped down Uh, And I was listening to some protesters speak about it this morning, and they're saying that uh, Mayor Lovely Warren, who is in charge there now, is that they want her to resign as well because they kind of see this entire thing as a massive cover-up by all parties involved. So very interesting situation in Rochester. Yeah, it's – I mean, it sucks how common many of these details are, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you get into it, and the first thing that came to mind was Ahmaud Arbery for me. Um, The fact that, like, he it had happened actually before many of us went into lockdown. Um, Like, separate, I guess, like, the various phases we're experiencing with this pandemic. Um, Before we we went into lockdown and, like, everybody was basically stuck at home, you know, he had had that experience while he was out jogging. And then the video came in, like, while we were all trapped inside, and we were all like, holy crap, you definitely, you know, we definitely got to do something about it. And it led to some motion. Um, and the same thing with uh, being specific on the, the cover-up, Laquan McDonald in yes. Chicago was the one that immediately came to mind, where they were actively burying the footage that showed on police footage that was captured the same moment and sent out that was captured from their dash cams and it showed that he was basically like not a threat in any meaningful way. He did not have to be shot and that he was in the middle of a mental health crisis. Again, you know, uh, the frequency with which people in mental health crises are shot by police. We can go through the list, uh, a horrifyingly large number of black men, but uh, there was also a case just, I think in Salt Lake, uh, of an autistic white teenager. Yes, like I saw 13 years old and was shot. And I was like, this is a child? Like, he w- he's a child. There's zero yeah. reason to discharge your weapon at a child when you are a grown adult. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter what the child is doing at all. It, like, literally does not matter what kind of behavior they're engaged in. We don't, we're not shooting at them. That's not happening. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, I mean... It just goes to show what activists have been talking about, which is like, we do not need to have police officers responding to mental health calls. We need different social workers, uh, 
people who are mental health professionals should be responding to these calls. And when people talk about defunding the police, what they're also talking about is using some of that money to create the infrastructure where that could actually happen, where mental health professionals are responding to these calls. Yeah. And I think it's important to acknowledge that there's like a wide array of things that we have been asking police to do that is not their jobs in any meaningful way. Mm -hmm. I think that if you really get down to what people think police do and what they actually do and actually are asked to respond to, you'll find that these are actually massively different classifications of things that simply does not need the, this tool. And the problem is that we continue with like a, you know, it's been said a bajillion times. It's an adage. Whenever you have, uh, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And we have looked at our society and it just continues to be this like violent enforcement in defense of property that like the most dangerous thing that you can be is somebody who can't be controlled by violence immediately. And so it becomes the immediate action of police to view themselves as under siege from the population they are supposed to protect. In theory, they just have a completely wrong posture. And to, to see what happened in Rochester is not just about Black Lives Matter. It, it's not just about the inadequacy of mental health treatment in this country. It's not just about the fact that, you know, you should be calling police. You should be able to call 911 and have mental health issues taken seriously um, but it fundamentally comes down to the fact that our, our society's posture around taking care of people and making sure they are safe is not the job of police. They don't need to know what the laws are. They can actually claim ignorance of the law in enforcing the law. Like, they, they do not need to actually know the law in order to enforce it, which is loco pants, because how are you enforcing something you don't know? You know? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> just ass backward situation so it's it's really wild but one thing that I will say and I think I've said this on the podcast before but in talking to people like like my parents who you know are like liberally minded but like the defund the police thing confused and scared them when I came at it from that angle of like we have the police doing too much and what and we need to start separating these things that really resonated with them and that idea made a lot of sense to them and they were like they were like oh okay yeah that makes sense so i think that like explaining things in that way to people who kind of don't know what to make of the movement and all that stuff actually does work yeah, yeah. I think people have gotten like really obsessed with the notion that if you say defund the police, you're like a wild out radical who mm-hmm. wants to upend society and at this point destroy Americana or whatever. I don't know. The suburbs, the point, you want to burn them down. You, don't, you just want all suburbs to stop existing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you want children wandering the streets and gangs <laughs> yeah, just looking exactly. for food, like scavenging. Yeah. Like, you're, you want the post-apocalypse. Like, I I generally am very much like, yeah, you know, you say something like that and it's pretty extreme, but the question has to be, does this solve the problem? Because the problem seems really acute right now. We have people just basically being murdered unarmed by police. Like, this should not happen in a healthy society. 
no one should be okay with the police murdering people. Uh, I know that it to many, too many people. It feels like it's not going to happen to me. If I need the police, it'll be fine. But it's very disconcerting, especially for people who know people who have mental health issues or, you know, even if you yourself have, we are all anxious these days. There's literally, if you're not anxious, I'm suspicious mm-hmm. I'm a, uh, of you a little bit because how well adjusted are you? This is terrifying. Um, and we're in the middle of this like massive mental health crisis. We're, we're trapped inside. There, there's so many issues that we have. We should be able to trust that people are not going to come, that when we ask for the state for assistance, they're not going to kill us. Like it's, yeah. it's just like fundamentally, I feel like that should just, just any society. We should be able to be like, yo, I need some help. People be like, we're going to help you into the grave. Like, yes. yo, what? What? No. It's very funny that you say that because I think Donald Trump has been running an ad where like he's like, this is Joe Biden's America. And there's like an old lady and she's calling the police and she's like, help me. And they're like, you're on hold. <laughs> like, And the cops put you on hold and they won't come. And it's like, I'm like, Joe Biden should run your ad, Caitlin where they come but they're like we're gonna kill you (laughs) (laughs) like no you're not on hold but you're about to die so yeah oh no we're coming we oh Oh, boy are we coming (laughs) today's episode of american fever dream is brought to you by newly have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff i have a solution for you it's newly Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Caitlin, do you want to pivot now to a different story out of law enforcement? Yeah, uh, so so basically, I mean, that kind of... The, the sense of lawlessness, lawlessness, right? Like, yes, it, it's like everywhere. Um, and one of the best examples is, unfortunately, the executive branch. Um, so in a f- super fun, I get to say words that we have made very normal now, which is very unfortunate, unprecedented, norm breaking <laughs> uh, from the Department of Justice, which is, again, supposed to be the chief law enforcement branch of our country. The purpose of the Department of justice is to implement justice through the laws of the United States uh, on behalf of the executive branch, but not to the whims of the president of the United States. 
that is uh, not what's happening. No, okay? uh, certainly not nerve. what's happening anymore. No. So Bill Barr has decided that basically they're going to assume responsibility for defending Donald Trump in a defamation suit brought on by E. Jean Carroll. Uh, she uh, is a writer um, who wrote about uh, Trump raping her in the department store changing room in 1995 or 1996 in her memoir. Um she filed the case against Trump last year after he denied the allegations, claimed they didn't know her, and accused her of lying. Uh, the Justice Department asked the Southern District of New York if they could take on the case, claiming that Trump's comments, um, you know, uh, claiming that Trump's comments about Carol were made as part of his official duties as president. The DOJ also asked the United States to be listed as the defendant, which would then make it E.J. and Carol versus the United States, and not E.J. and Carol versus Donald Trump. Which is very important for legal reasons because I mean, first of all, suggesting that Trump is the state is I know bizarre. I mean the okay. sim- the symbolic change of that is really really alarming. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's that's the top line takeaway, which is what. Um, second of all, it would also mean that the case could be dismissed because the country itself cannot be sued for defamation, and. Uh, finally, it really fundamentally means that we're going to be using taxpayer dollars to defend the president from being a rapist, which is a thing that probably definitely happened because if it weren't, he could have just, you know, defended along the merits of not having done it, but he would not like to give women anything ever, even the tiniest smidgen of respect. So he's just going to try to make her seem like a crazy psycho who's coming after the government of the United States and the argument that the Department of Justice has basically is he did it as president in his role as president, and therefore he cannot be sued for things that he was doing as an extension of his job as president. Yeah. Which we all remember that time that uh, President Lyndon Johnson suggested that in public that some random senator's wife was a floozy, and therefore uh, they don't need to be taken seriously when they vote. <laughs> And that happened, uh, as everyone knows, in 1960. Wait, no, it didn't. It never <laughs> happened. They, they don't do that. That's not the role of the president. Who, who could have imagined? Yeah. It's, it's insane. I fe- okay, two things. One, Caitlin, this was before your time, but we actually have an episode in the archive of the Betches Sub Podcast with Ms. E. Jean Carroll herself, who came on the podcast and talked to us about her memoir and all of that stuff. So if you go back in the archive, you can find that episode. She's a really cool and interesting woman. Number two, I, we talk about this on the, we talk about how bad Bill Barr is on this podcast often, but I feel like he should be a boogeyman on the level of like your Kellyanne Conway's, like your, like your Stephen Miller's, like the most hated people in the administration. And I feel like people the public at large doesn't realize how bad he is. Yeah. Yeah. I think a huge chunk of that is because, uh, rudely, a huge chunk of the serious political people when he was up for nomination kept defending his record. And I, I just had, like, a fundamental truth about Donald Trump that I've kept from before the 2016 election, which is, if you align with him in any way, shape, or form, you are corrupt. There's yeah. no other way of processing it because there's nothing else that you could want that would make corruption worth it if you yourself did not think 
that it was okay to be corrupt. It's like, it's impossible. It's like, by definition, yeah. if you want to hang out with that guy, you think his goals align with your goals in any way, you're corrupt. Just yeah. on, on basically. And then when Bill Barr stepped up, people were like, he's done it before. He'll be a good attorney general. I was like, he is corrupt. The only reason he would take this job is because he's corrupt. He said that the Mueller investigation was illegal, which should set off yeah. alarm bells for anybody who thinks like he would do a good job. And now we're here. And people don't want to admit how wrong they were. There were Democratic senators, Kirsten Cinema, who mm. voted for him to be attorney general. And I just keep looking at this and being like, you guys made a massive mistake. And because you guys don't want to acknowledge that you've done so, we're all just kind of ignoring the fact that that one of the most powerful offices in our government is actively breaking and subverting the law. And it's way more powerful than Stephen Miller. It's way yes. more powerful than Kellyanne Conway. Both of them are propagandists. Stephen Miller's a white nationalist. Yeah, they shouldn't be in government, but they don't have nearly the amount of power no. that Bill Barr does. And he's literally reshaping laws, denying people due pro Like, there's so much going wrong with that DOJ. It's, uh, it's crazy, and it's so funny because, you know, think back a gazillion years ago to the fight for Jeff, like, I, when Jeff Sessions was nominated to that mm -hmm. position, and it was, it was, like, one of the first things that we all had to fight, and we all had to call, and obviously he was nominated anyway, but it was really close, and Coretta, the Coretta Scott King letter came up, and all, all this stuff. Nevertheless, and, she persisted. And, oh, yeah, that was during Jeff Sessions. Elizabeth Warren tried to read the letter from Coretta Scott King into the Senate record ahead of his testimony. And Mitch McConnell forced it to close and basically was like, you know, she couldn't stop, you know, she kept doing it. Nevertheless, she, she persisted, persisted. In, in, in talking about how racist Jeff Sessions was. And that was rude because you can't attack another senator on the floor of the Senate. So he's still a senator at the time. Mess it's up. just wild because... Ultimately, Jeff Sessions was more ethical than Bill Barr, just in the simple act of recusing himself from the Russia investigation, which Bill Barr never would have done in a million, in a million years, he never would have recused himself. And Jeff Sessions is literally a Confederate ghost that we like, let be a senator, and he was still more ethical than Bill Barr. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's my rant that's about like the perfect that's the perfect description of just sessions i'm gonna keep that in my heart for <laughs> it's wild it's 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 completely wild and i think that there's a certain point where like everything is so bad all the time that sometimes stepping back and looking at like just how bad it is kind of makes you feel crazy so you don't want to do it too often because you're like mm -hmm. if i do this my brain's gonna break and then i'll just lie on the floor and just moan about things <laughs> this is i'm actually really proud of the segue that i'm about to do yes speaking of things that will make you feel crazy <laughs> yes president trump was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize this morning by a Norwegian politician whose name I did not 
look up the pronunciation for, and I do feel bad about that. But also, he nominated President Trump for a Nobel Peace Prize, so I don't really know what's going on with him. This Apparently, Nor- he's uh, not a great person. He's confused. <laughs> Uh, someone in Norway is confused and <laughs> they, don't, they haven't been <laughs> keeping up with what's been going on <laughs> recently. Uh, but anyway, this politician, uh, is actually known for being anti-immigrant Islamophobic and is part of the right wing progress party there. So that probably explains what's going on. Uh, he mm-hmm. actually already nominated president Trump in 2018 for his efforts with you know, North and South Korea, the summit where the summit where Kim Jong-un, now we know, hit on Sarah Huckabee Sanders, apparently, where he winked at Sarah. That's weird and gross. Um, so he this year, President Trump was nominated for uh, supposedly <laughs> bringing peace to the Middle East. Uh, he brokered a peace deal between Israel and the UAE, which his the person who nominated him believes will bring peace to the Middle East. Uh, Trump believes he deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. In the past, he said that he should get one for a lot of things if they gave it out fairly, which they don't. Um, President Obama got one, so he wants one because he's better than President Obama, which he knows because he hired President Obama and President Obama didn't do a good job, and so he fired him. And was that him hiring an uh, an impersonator and then firing him as according to Michael Cohen, I think who said that. Yes. He actually, and there's a picture of, of a a black guy who'd been brought into his office to, to be, to pretend cosplay Obama effectively. So that way Donald Trump could just show how much better he is than Barack Obama, which, you know, that, that doesn't suggest any sort of, you know, they talk about cucks. In, yeah. in the world yeah. of politics, I can't say, I can't think of anything that shows that you are more afraid <laughs> of, of yeah. the power and capability of another human being than, than trying to, like, hire someone to play cosplay them and then fire that person so you can, like, show that you're the better person. Yeah, oh, absolutely the <laughs> smallest dick energy. Like, could not, could not be a sadder story when I read that and I saw the picture I was just like and and the fact that it's not like like it it was kind of just a blip on the radar of weird things we know about Trump and it's just like no we really need to dig in here he hired a fake Obama so that he could fire him and make a video for who but what's crazy to me is that like Okay, let's say you are running a multi-billion dollar world-spanning real estate empire. This is what you spend your time on? Like, this is what? How much is in your head? Like, I'm just, I'm just like, I, I'm, I feel busy. I just, yeah. I switch, I switch jobs. And I feel like, you know what? I barely have time to like pop in here. Yeah, I um, have two podcasts, so I simply don't have the time to hire a impersonator for my enemies, so I can. <laughs> in a video (laughs) i don't even think like roxanne gay has that time and she's nemesis like think about that she has like an actual list of nemeses and i'm there being like i don't think even she has that kind of time and energy to like hire someone to pretend to be the nemesis that way she can like cathartically like say the things and and get the energy out if if 
no what what is happening here this is just like i know it makes me want to know more about who plays like hillary and joe biden in his practice debates but i also don't even know if he practiced debates the way you're i think most he candidates used Stephen miller last time someone like that even or, or, or rich Priebus back in 2016 before right. there was it was like someone who was very unfit to to play hillary clinton which explains why he lost those debates and horrible horrible style and if there are debates this year he will also lose those there supposedly are gonna be there's supposedly one i think it's september 29th yep so i mean i guess donald trump i mean does that deserve a nobel peace prize going through the energy and effort to hire your enemy (laughs) enemy cosplayers just be like yeah i i won over you i mean we could i i guess is there a nobel prize for weird (laughs) yeah is there like truly i do think that he deserves a prize for that for just like kind of creating the idea of that (laughs) like putting that out into the world to even do that um the peace prize i don't know i feel like his chances of getting it are not high yeah i don't know there's probably like an activist who like i don't know brought peace to somewhere so yeah feel probably feeling compelled right there (laughs) i saw this in a tweet so take it with a grain of salt but apparently hitler got nominated once to but the person was doing it to raise attention about how not peaceful hitler's behavior had been if this guy wasn't an islamophobe i would suggest that (laughs) yeah i was like doing it for that reason Maybe it's a troll, but I don't think that it is. I think he just wants yeah. Donald Trump to have a Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, well, um, unless you have anything else to say about Donald Trump's Nobel Peace Prize, I think that brings us to the end of the pod. Yeah, yeah. I might change my display name on Twitter to that, you know. <laughs> Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump's, Trump's Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize. Prize. <laughs> well, that's very fun. I think I support that 100%. <laughs> We're going to Let's, let's move is. on. <laughs> it is. All right, guys. Uh, until right. the return of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP at Betches.com. Betches.